0: This is a podcast from WOR.
1: This is the Page Publishing Book Club. How you doing? I'm your host, Alice Stockton-Rossini. Some immigrants come to America, find opportunity, and are eternally grateful, like Shama Chakrabodi, an astro-aerospace scientist for 35 years, now a professor at UC Sacramento. He came to the U.S. with $9.57 in his pocket. He wrote Across Many Borders, the diary of a wandering explorer to show his appreciation for America. His story begins in East Pakistan, where he was persecuted as a child in his Hindu community. And then he details his astounding accomplishments including, let me see here, swimming the English Channel. Yes, I did. Cosmonaut training. Yes. You flew a MiG twenty five in Russia. You trekked yes. to the North Pole. Yes, I did. You climbed to the base camp of Mount Everest.
3: Yes, I did.
1: How did you end up racing an Indy five hundred
3: car? Well, I found this driving school run by Mario Andriaki and got some basic training, and then Fontana Speedway, which is the professional speedway where many NASCARs and Indy 500 car races take place. So I basically raced the car there, and I went up to like 170 miles an hour uh, speed. It was a very incredible experience. I wanted to share my experiences, uh, life stories, which is, I think, very exciting, and could be motivational and inspirational by many. Actually, over the years, I have been invited by many high schools, colleges, and social organizations as an inspirational speaker. The feedback I always got was that my life story, particularly the transformation from a destitute refugee to an internationally recognized rocket scientist, in addition to many other extraordinary achievements that you just mentioned, was highly remarkable and would potentially inspire many other people. That actually prompted me to write this book. Recently, for example, when I teach as an engineering professor, many of my students who Google me, they said, oh, Dr. Chakraborty, we just saw your book on the Internet. We bought it. Could you please sign the book, please? I did a lot of book signing uh, in my engineering classes. And uh, sometimes some of the book clubs have invited me recently and they have read my book also, and I autograph my book and I, if they request me. What happened to your family? Well, the rest of my family are still in India, and some of my family members came to America for their graduate studies, but they went back after they got their education. You probably recognize from my book that I was married to a white Caucasian American lady And that was the reason that I stayed back in America. Plus, I got a lot of opportunities to contribute immensely to America as an aerospace engineer. So I did a lot of pioneering work in rocket science and space science. In addition, I played a very key role in developing many major defense systems, weapon systems, nuclear missile systems to protect our country, fight a great pride that i was helpful in building the security needs of our beloved nation those are the reasons that uh, you know kept me in america i worked for first uh, aerojet propulsion company which is one of the major rocket propulsion companies in the world every single missile program or launch vehicle program in america aerojet provided the you know propulsion systems Then I went on to work for Northrop Grumman Corporation, and then I was the chief engineer for their space division.
1: You're an amazing man, and now you're teaching. Yes, as an
3: engineering professor.
1: Do you have children? I've got two children. Everybody needs to hear your story. I feel so proud. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Alan Hessler, a physical therapist for two decades, was determined to find the underlying cause of chronic pain to more effectively treat it, and he shares his findings in his book entitled Stop Looking at the Crack, a hypothesis on the source of chronic degenerative pain and the failure of modern medicine.
2: I was treating a a young lady, you know, she wasn't overweight or anything, but she had really bad plantar fasciitis. I was a young therapist, and I was doing everything they had taught me in school, and after a month of treatment, three times a week, she was just no better. So she went back to the doctor. The doctor said, just try for one more month, and, you know, so I thought I have to think outside of the box. I started examining her back, actually, and I found some things that were off in her back, and then lo and behold, as I worked on those and fixed those, then her foot pain actually went away. So it's sort of analogous, I tell my patients, that when the front end alignment on your car is is off, well, the the medical world looks at the tire. It's the alignment.
1: Body alignment is the most important thing, and we're all a mess.
2: Correct. Most people are walking around with a bone that is just a little bit off, and I always say my chiropractic brethren have been far closer to finding, you know, the source of all these pains in the body, but, like, their approach doesn't get it obviously people feel better when they have their back adjusted but then it just keeps coming back but the approach that i found once you fix it they don't ever have to come back unless they fall or something and
1: you know so you were able to help this woman and that's what inspired further research for this
2: book Correct. So it goes into the anatomy because you have to have a certain understanding of how the body works and how scar tissue forms. And, And really, that's the biggest part. It's simply scar tissue. A bone gets stuck, but then it scars over months to years. And that's why when you see a chiropractor and they pop it, it stays for a time, but then that scar tissue keeps pulling it back out of place. So this technique kind of gets in there and focuses on the scar tissue and then as you work that out then the bone stays permanently straight then everything can heal and work how it's supposed to unfortunately need someone who can assess you and figure out what that root problem is so my hope in writing the book was not just for the, the public to have a better understanding of why they might be experiencing pain But to be honest, this isn't something that is accepted in the medical world, whether it be doctors, therapists, chiropractors. Every single person that I see who has these chronic problems, they all fell at some point in their lives years or decades earlier. And that's what caused the bone to jam or twist or get stuck. And then it scars in that position.
1: And you can reverse that. Exactly. So what's your advice to people? I mean, what are the, you, they have to work with someone. Not everybody shares your philosophy, I'm sure.
2: Well, it has to start somewhere. So my hope is that just by putting it out there, people maybe will sense a, a nugget of truth perhaps, and they will start doing research on their own and looking at the body from a different perspective instead of just focusing on that knee pain or shoulder pain or neck pain. You know, start looking at the body as a whole Hopefully 10 or 20 years from now, you know, there will be a whole different paradigm instead of the one we have, because obviously, you know,
1: it's not working. That's for sure, Alan. Thank you. Carmela Florio is a Long Island teacher who's published her second book in a series. Her first was James and Awesome Autism. Now she's released Sally Slow to Speak. Carmela's determined to educate and instill compassion for children who live with a wide range of disabilities, one book at a time.
4: I'm going to try to, you know, make the book um, in a way that children will understand and make the the characters children, because I feel like that's what they really want to This one's about a little girl who enters kindergarten and um, she sits next to another little girl and she's trying to talk to the other little girl and she's not really talking back to her. And she feels really upset. Like, you know, why doesn't this child want to talk to me? What did I do wrong? And through the course of the book, she discovers that the other little girl that she's sitting next to, Sally, has a speech delay. And it's not that she's ignoring her, avoiding her, or being mean. It's that she can't express herself. And through the book and through therapies, it shows how, you know, eventually Sally does start to learn how to speak and it teaches that they communicate in other ways besides using actual physical language, and they become really good friends.
1: Okay. Now, what do you do when you're reading this book to a class?
4: I read the book, and then I discuss, discuss speech delays because my daughter is speech delayed, and that is one of the reasons that made me want to write this book is because a lot of people don't understand that. She has a different way of communicating at times, and her language isn't fully developed yet. And a lot of my son, I have a nine-year-old son, his friends come over and they have lots of questions like, oh, you know, she's six years old. How come she's not really speaking the way she should be? And sometimes they say, why don't you have your mommy read Sally's So to Speak to You? You know, and they're like, oh, and some of the kids actually, the parents have bought the book and read it to their children. My most important thing is for other children to learn that there's different ways to communicate, that everybody communicates differently, and that everybody just wants to be accepted and loved.
1: And how important is it to not only learn that in school, but it's got to be carried home?
4: It is important to be carried home because I think a lot of times parents don't understand. Um, I've talked to a lot of parents in the past that just don't understand my daughter's disability or just don't understand other children's disabilities. And they don't realize that, you know, we're trying everything that we can to get the children to where they need to be.
1: So maybe by having these books in their home, you're educating them as well.
4: Correct. I feel like it's a teachable book for both parents and children.
1: Yeah. And, now, and you're able to bring this into your school, right? Yes. You- I've read them to my class as well as other classes in the building.
4: And um, I do different um, book signings um, throughout you know, Long Island, Staten Island. Um, I've done some in Queens. And I'm going to actually be doing one in Connecticut, and I'm setting up different events with my management team to do some things over the summer, hopefully get into some camps and some summer schools and things of that nature. And
1: your management team? I'm actually, somebody who
4: manages me, who helps me promote my books and get my book signings and jobs
1: and things like that. So you're paying for that? Yes, I am. And do you think it's worth it?
4: Yeah, I do, actually. It's gotten me a lot of exposure. I think the product is good, but I also feel that the 90s team has given me, you know, different ideas of ways that I can, you know, do different
1: things to help get the book out there. You're doing a good thing. Thank you. Matthew Carson is just 13 years old, and his love of dinosaurs inspired him to write and publish his first book entitled John the Raptor, about a raptor who has to grow up fast.
5: Well, the raptors are preparing for, um, three eggs to hatch, so they get the food for, um, the celebration and um those days later one hatches the little baby
1: and uh your blurb says pretty quickly he learns how to fight hunt and what family's all about
5: he um he's immediately in a fight when his dad sends him off to go get food that's well that that's the hunting right there it's like hardcore hunting because he's doing it all by himself
1: and he sees a shadowy figure in the bushes.
5: After um, he came, he comes back with um what he hunted. He um, actually, <laughs> he fished and um, he fished the whole pond out, which is a bad idea. So all the little fish are out, and then this bigger water dinosaur comes up and like, "Hey, you took all the fish!" So um, he attacks him, and John chops his neck off. John was just born five hours ago when he did this. So after um, they come home, have a celebration, then Johnny sees a shadow figure move in the shadows. So Johnny goes and chases it. But now he sees footprints. So he sends everybody to go discover it. And it's only um, our antagonist, Delafo. But nobody knows he's really a bad guy yet. And he's pretty dumb and said he was just um, hungry looking for food, and all he smelled was their food. So everybody um, invites Delafo in to come have a feast with them, and then he, he goes on his way. Delafo goes on his way, and his Uncle Timmy, he was supposed to give John swimming lessons, but here's this big ambush going on in the background. So John goes check it out, and his bigger brother, Nick, um, tries to warn him to um, back off. And then Delafel comes and kicks John in the face. So John and Nick, basically the team attacks Delafo, and um, Nick bites um, Delafo's, or half of Delafo's tail off, and John scratches his, his eye and eats it. And then Delafo's and then back off
1: so in every chapter is john protecting somebody in his family or protecting a friend
5: it's really like they're working together all right
1: matthew and you're talking this
5: book up aren't you matter of fact i just went to a school and told the whole school about this book oh i bet that was fun it was very fun (laughs) all
1: right matthew thank you we have to take a quick break but we're coming right back this is the page publishing book club
0: Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then now's the time to call Page Publishing at 800-204-6099 and do it immediately. You see, they're looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review most of the books submitted to them. And they'll even give you their feedback. And if they like what they read, Page Publishing will get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, and other outlets. They'll handle everything. Copyright protection, printing, cover art, publicity, and editing. So if you've written a novel, a children's book, a cookbook, inspirational work, a book of poetry or biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-204-6099 now for your free author submission kit. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. For your free author submission kit, call Page Publishing at 800-204-6099.
1: We're back on the Page Publishing Book Club. I'm Ellis Stockton. Rosini. Robert Prazak says he never really experienced a miracle until he had a chance encounter with a family that changed his life and became the subject of several church sermons and his book entitled Miracles
6: Maybe. I was mowing the yard of one of my rental properties that was for sale and I saw three Mexican men and I'd never met a Mexican before and I had some stereotypes and they said, Hey compadre we see this house for for sale they wanted to buy it and the price back then was 35,000 and they said that they had 3500 already saved that they would sell the van for the additional 1500 which would be the 5000 total which would be enough to buy the house and get a loan from the bank so the sale of their van had fallen through and they only had 3500 Felipe, the man, saw we had a picture of Jesus on our wall. And he said, I see you are Christians. And he said, we are Christians too. Trust us, we will pay. And he said, would you take the loan? So I said, okay, let's go to the lawyer and draw up a contract. That afternoon, they were going to move into the house already, and they were going to have a prayer session at the house and they asked if we wanted to come And i said i can come and they had about 20 people come from different bigger cities in nebraska lincoln and omaha and they were apostolic and it was sort of rowdy not rowdy but they uh really got into the program compared to what uh, us lutherans were at that time <laughs> and uh
2: They made all the
6: payments on time, and then it was time we were going to make a late summer trip down to Bella Vista, Arkansas. They asked if they could have a prayer session for me, and I said, sure, that's fine. And so we were about 40 miles from our destination, and my wife was driving, and it was on a two-lane road, and I was sleeping, and... I, I was a dreaming, and I could hear the Mexicans chanting, and it woke me up. And I looked up, and I could see a car coming straight at us. She looked up, and she saw him there, and she had to swerve into the ditch, and there was a ravine on one side. And finally, we came to a stop, and the echoes of our screeching tires was reverberating back and forth in the valley the next morning it was very dewy out so i went out to towel off the windshield of the car i looked on the hood and there was a clear handprint and when i put my hand on it electric sparks and everything went through my system and thought if this is the lord i'm willing to do whatever you want me to and uh When we went back, we had a dinner at the Mexicans' house, and they had been having church services in their house, but they were outgrowing the house. They asked us if we would help look around town for a building they could use as a church.
1: Wow, Robert, and then you found them a church. Quite a story. Thank you. Brenda J. Medley worked for a corporate law firm for over three decades when she became a pastor. She was and continues to be inspired by angels, and you can find out how in her book entitled
7: Visitations to Heaven and Talking to Angels. I decided to work with the church rather than the corporate law firm because I felt like I wasn't really helping people, and I wanted to do something that would benefit other people. And with the corporate law firm, you know, I felt like the only thing I was doing was helping corporations get richer. So not really something I was interested in. And now
1: you're writing. Yes.
7: Not going to believe this, but I was actually at work. A woman came up to me and she said, the Lord told you to do something and you're afraid to do it. Um, She told me to write. And then she disappeared And I thought about the scripture that says, be careful how you entertain angels because you entertain them unaware. And I asked the man sitting next to me, I said, did you see the woman who was talking to me? And so that actually was my inspiration. Wow. This book is about a near-death experience that I had. My appendix ruptured and I had been pronounced dead and I saw my body laying on a gurney, and I have been pronounced dead. And from above, I could see my body lying there. And then I went through this tunnel, and it was really, really fast. And I found myself standing on a very, very fluffy, white, cloud. And there were all of these people around and singing that was so melodious. I mean, it was like nothing on earth. Even the flowers were singing. Everything was singing. And then suddenly uh, a man came out and his face was whiter and brighter than the sun. You know, I could barely look at his face for the brightness. And I'm on the cloud. Everybody else is up on this golden street. And I'm trying to get to the golden street, but I can't reach up there. And there was a man that came from the side, and he tried to help me. And just as he did that, the man whose face was brighter than the sun came over, never spoke to me. He just shook his head, no, and he took his right hand and he just kind of thrust it forward at me and when he did that i felt like i was falling and i hit that gurney and i was already zipped up in a in a body bag you know and um i want people to know that death is not necessarily the end of life that there is a hereafter There is a God. There is a Savior. So that's my inspiration. I've actually had three experiences with angels. And I don't know why why they come to me. And I'm trying to get over the fear so that I can at least talk. So I know that God is real. And that is the reason why I wrote the book.
1: All right, Brenda. Thank you.
7: Denise Vaughn is also a believer who
1: survived the unthinkable, a cancer diagnosis while she was pregnant. She details her journey in her book entitled Short Stories of How I Made It Through.
4: They say it's common, but you don't hear stories about it. Chemo, having normal sickness, morning sickness, and then going through withdrawals from medication. My journey began in October. I was a mom of four and I sat down and I began to pray. And he instructed me to put my hand on my left breath and I felt a lump And that began my process. Did you know you were pregnant? I think I had just learned that I was pregnant. So, of course, when I went to a doctor, they just automatically associated it with uh, being pregnant. So I'm like, no, you know, this is this is unusual I told to go home but I was having this pain in my back that just wouldn't let go so by the time I actually got a mammogram I think I had gone the third time and they wound up giving me still not doing a mammogram but they gave me a list of free clinics and um, it was three hundred dollars just for walk in oh I'm like this is a free clinic <laughs> so I was very disappointed and I went to walk out, and I'm like, Lord, I just need a manual mammogram. Like, that's it. And one of the nurses was like, she said, ma'am, are you having, like, any issues? I said, yes, I have a lump in my left side. And she's like, can you give me, give me one minute, and I just talk to my supervisor? And I'm like, absolutely. I are like, yes. <laughs> like, so excited that I'm going to have a mammogram. I just need them to, to agree that I have a lump.
1: So they, they, they find out that you have breast cancer. Yes. How do they treat cancer when you're pregnant? No one wanted to deal
4: with me. They didn't know what to do with a mom and a the baby. They told me I needed to have an abortion so that they can deal with me. So I'm like, no, no, that's not what we're going to do. We're not, we're not having an abortion. Um, so they sent me to a neonatal specialist. He's said, your cervix is now a 1%. You have 1% cervix. He said, "So you you, you can miscarry at any minute. Like, you should be on 95% better at. So I'm like, wow. Like, they told me my results were good.
1: And basically, all of these doctors, nobody knew what to do with you. And I'm assuming you found somebody who was able to instruct you. you. Did you have the baby? Did everything go okay?
4: Everything worked out well. I went to the facility that the doctor recommended. And in that facility, I had um, specialists for the baby, and my oncologist and surgeon was all in this one place. So they worked together as a team. My team was a unit of 12 people, 12 doctors, and everything worked out well. Um, I was capable of doing chemo while pregnant and still um, bring my baby to full term. So that's the purpose of writing the book, because you figure some people may not know what to do and how to go about obtaining success. And you have to know that you don't settle for just anything. You can keep going. You can keep looking. And be happy even in the process. If the hair needs to come off, you're going to shave it, grease it up, grease grease up that scalp, put on makeup, and let go. It's about a mindset.
1: Well, I'll tell you that's some mindset, Denise. I... I think it's one of those life-changing events that you just don't know what you're capable of until you go through it. Thank you. And thanks to all of our authors for sharing their stories. Now, where's yours? Come on, we're waiting. Maybe you have some ideas now, get you started. That's what we're trying to do here. Come on. If you missed anything, just go to 710WOR.com and download the podcast. Thanks for being here. I'm Alice Stockton Rossini.
0: Attention all authors. Page Publishing is looking for authors. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Page Publishing will get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, Apple, iTunes, and other outlets. They handle all aspects of the publishing process for you printing, cover art, publicity, copyright, and editing. Call 800 204 6099 now for your free author submission kit. That's 800 204 6099 for your free author submission kit. This has been a podcast from
1: WOR. Hey guys, it
2: is Ryan.